Thank you for tuning in to RTM Nation Online, where we believe that you will receive the abundance of peace, prosperity, security, stability, health, healing, and truth. If you would like to learn more about the ministry, click the link below. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Now let's get into the message. Well, I'm excited about the word today. Amen. Always excited about hearing what God is saying um, to us as a body of believers. And, and I hope that you have um, great expectation. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I had to really think and pray about this one, Bruce, because, you know, I am, I, I just to give you a little insight. I'm not one to, to, um, you know, to, to bend or adjust things because of the, you know, because of what's happening, just because, you know, like, I'll just go ahead and tell you. So I had to really, like, really consider and think about whether or not to preach a Christmas message just because we're near Christmas. Like, you know, we can just continue in the theme that we've been going on and, and that'll be fine. Um, but we, you know, so I don't even know if I can really call this a Christmas message, but we're going to use some, some Christmas story themes today. Okay? That's okay? All right? Well, that's what we're going to do anyway, so <laughs> amen. Uh, so the, the, the message title is Embrace the Process. Embrace the Process. Go ahead and say that. Embrace the process. the process, okay? And the purpose of the message is for me to encourage you. We want to be encouraged. I want to encourage you, the believer, to embrace the process on your way to the promise, okay? Because what I've noticed is that there are many people who get paused in the process, and many of people have, you know, you, know, you, you begin the, the process, the initiator, the beginning of the process is having Jesus Lord of your life. But that's not the end, right? God didn't come into your life to leave you the way that he found you. He came into your life in order to take you somewhere, in order to develop you, right? There's a, there's, we've received the promise of Jesus and his finished work, and there are things that are associated and connected to that promise. But oftentimes, we get stuck in the process, right? We get stuck in a process or we delay, we get delayed in the process on our way to the promise. But I'm just here today to encourage you to embrace the process. Don't shy away from the process. Don't shut it down and put your life in neutral as you go through the process, but embrace the process because it's the process that's going to take you to the fulfillment of the promise. Amen. 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 Embrace the process. How many of you have started things that you've never finished? Anybody in here? Everybody in here. You know, there's some things that you started, but you've never, never finished. You know, and when I started um, undergrad, when I left home and went to, to college that first year, my freshman year of school, I was, an, I was an international business and psychology major. That's when I started. So that's where he started. That's where I started. International business and psychology. And I went through that whole first year as an international business and psychology major. Dual major. Dual degree. That's what I was going to do. And then I, um, I made the decision to transfer schools. And when I transferred schools, I got to the new school. I got to a school. I went to a school who prided themselves in their the school of business, right? This was their thing. And they had different requirements than the school that I came from. And when I saw the, their requirements, 
when I saw their process to get this degree, I changed my major. <laughs> I, am, I said, I, I, I'm not willing to go through that process, right? And for, because one of the reasons, one of the things that I was trying to do, to just be honest with you, I was trying to avoid, here I am, an international business and psychology major, but I'm trying to avoid math. I didn't like math, right? And, and the thing about it is, I went in high school, I was, um, you know, I was in a magnet program in high school that I was required to take some higher level math classes early. So I took, you know, back then, I mean, today, I think kindergartners learning how to do algebra. But, but back, back then, you know, I was a freshman, you know, you know learning algebra, algebra one, algebra two, um, geometry, and, and um, things like that. And for a little while, I sat in the uh, trig class. And, um, and I finished my math requirements by 10th grade. After 10th grade, I was finished with the necessary math classes to get a diploma. I was finished. And even the classes that I, that I took got me college credits, right? So my junior year, my junior year of high school, I sat in the trig class for a little while. I don't like math, but, you know, I'm in this trig class. And uh, about a weekend, I was like, you know, I don't really have to take this class. So I got out of that class real quick. And I had decided at that time that I... If I can avoid taking another math class, that's what I'm going to do, right? So the plan was working for a little while. I didn't take math junior year, didn't take a math class senior year. Freshman year of college, I had no math class because I had already taken college-level math classes in high school, right? So this is perfect. The plan is working. But I decided to transfer schools, and the new school required some math. I looked at the requirement, and plus it would have added a, a couple semesters on to, to the time I was supposed to spend in, 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 in college, and I was like, I'm not willing to go through that process, right? So I opted out, right? I wasn't willing to go through the process to finish the degree that I started, and I find that many people quit. Many people quit on the promise. Many people quit on what's available because they're not willing to deal with the process, right? How many times have you gone to the DMV? You go to the DMV, you walk through the glass doors, but you see the line and you turn around. I've been there, right? You ain't willing to go through the process. I've even been, I've even gotten into my car, got in my car, drove my car to the mall, parked my car, go into my favorite department store, walk around the department store, select items that I like, so I have collected items that I want to purchase, ready to make the transa transaction, look around, and I, if I'm not able to find somebody to help me make this purchase quick, I will go back and put everything down and leave because you ain't making this process simple enough for me, right? When it's time to purchase, I need to be, I need to, let's go ahead and do this. Or I've been shopping, I've been to a certain, I'm not going to name the store, but y'all know what I'm talking about. I've been to a certain place. I'm going around with my buggy, and I put stuff in my buggy. And then I get to that line. I'm like, man, y'all got 15 hours and two cashiers. I'm turning around, and I'll, I'll do this another time, right? Not willing to go through the process 
necessary, okay? And many times, there are many things in many areas of our lives where we try to avoid the process. And there's even things that we want. There are things that we want in our lives, but we just ain't willing to go through the process in order to get it. And even there are things that God has promised us. God says that we can have it. It's available to you. But when we look at the process, when we consider the process of attaining or manifesting what he's promised, we conclude in many ways, I'm not willing to go through that process. I'm going to see how long I can go without it. And I'm telling you that even in those situations, though, you've only, you know, the, the promise is still available, and most of the time we've just delayed it. Most of the time we've just, we've just delayed it. There are things that God has promised you that he promised it, and as far as he's concerned, you can have it next day. As far as he's concerned, you can have it in a week. As far as he's concerned, you can have it in a year. But because we get in the process of things and we delay the necessary action, uh, actions to receive or to get manifestation, we delay the promise. And there are some things that God promised you that 10 years have passed and you could have been had it. 15 years have passed and you could have been had it. And what I'm saying is that, that I've seen too many people who are delaying the manifestation of the process because they're not willing to really go through the process. They're delaying the manifestation of the promise because they're not willing to deal with the, the process, right? So I want to encourage you to embrace the process. Embrace the process. And I say that, you know, many times people, we love to dream and we love to have dreams and we love to envision things. And a lot of times we spend more time than necessary with the dream. So what I say is that you're supposed to be dating the dream. You date the dream. You marry the process. You know, you visit the dream every now and then. We want to do the opposite. You want to be married to a dream. And everything that you want just stays there in dream state. But I'm telling you, you date the dream. You flirt with the dream just a little bit, but you marry the process because the process is what's going to bring the manifestation of the promise. You understand that? All of us should be living active lives. This Christian life is not a life to live in neutral. We should be active. We should be in active pursuit of the things that God has made available to us. We should be in active pursuit of the things that Jesus died for us to have. All of us should be activated. All of us should be in pursuit of something. If someone were to ask you, what is it that you're living for? What is it that you're working for? What is it that you're believing for? You should have an answer and you should have actions that support the answer that you give. This is not a neutral life. This is an active life. Do you understand that? We all should be in pursuit of the things that God has already made available to us. Simplify the process. That's something that we, we often go to God and we ask God to just, if you can make this process a little more simple for me, I'll be all right. God, just simplify this process, you know. And in many ways, God has made his promises very simple in order to receive it. God has made his promises very simple to receive. But the thing is, is we just don't want to deal with the process that way, right? And we're going to talk about some things, and, and the goal today is to encourage you to embrace the process. Embrace the process. Live the process. Enjoy the process on your way to manifestation. Amen? Glory to God. Because what happens is that we get stuck living in the confines of comfort. We in a pursuit, we pursue comfort. We value comfort over the manifestation of the promise. And we find ourselves adjusting things in order to be more comfortable instead of adjusting our lives in order to receive what God has for us. Comfort can be confining. Comfort can be a trap. Comfort itself can be like a prison. 
all of us chasing to be comfortable. And while we're searching for comfort, the things that God has promised us are still just waiting, waiting for us to, to receive them. Right. Listen, the promise can't stand without the process. Or I can say it the inverse way. The promise stands because of the process. Okay. The process is going to get you to the promise. And this is me inserting my Christmas in this message. You ready for it? Okay. So there was a young lady named Mary. Y'all remember Mary? There was a young lady named Mary who received a promise from God. The promise was that she would give birth to a king. The promise was that she would give birth to a king. But those of you that are familiar with her story know that there was a process to the fulfillment of this promise. And this process wasn't always comfortable. And there's a lot that happened in the process in order for the promise to be fulfilled. Right. Let's look at Luke chapter one. We'll start at Luke chapter one, verse 26. I'm going to read this from the message Bible. Glory to God. Because the whole point is that you get it. The whole point is that you receive all that he's made available to you. That's the point of life. You understand that? The whole point is that we receive what he's made available. The whole point is that we are living the life that Jesus died for us to have. And I've shared my mindset on that. I say, you know, it's almost once you become a Christian, the way I see it is that you're almost obligated to get what he has for you. He died for you to have it. How are you going to leave it on the table? How do we allow these things to become optional? How do we allow it to be optional whether or not I walk in health? When he died for me to walk in health, how do we allow it to be optional whether or not I walk in wealth? When he died, he gave up some things for me to walk in health. How do we make it optional whether or not we want to have fellowship with God and fellowship with the Holy Spirit when Jesus gave his life so that we be reconciled with the Father? How do these things become optional? Do you understand? So just by just by receiving the just by understanding what he's finished for me and the value he placed in finishing these things for me, then I'm not going to live my life in neutral. I'm going to be very active and even when it's necessary, be very aggressive about going through this process to manifest what he's had, what he has for me. Right. Because it's all worth it. It's very much worth it. If I think about the finished work of Jesus, it's worth it. If I think about the, some, of the, the, some of the things that I have to change and the things I have to navigate through, it's worth it. And I know, and I know this by the manifestations in my life, I know that when I look back on times that were difficult, there are times that are things that, that, you know, you might not have thought you would make it through. You might not have thought you would have come out on top. But on the other end of it, you look back and say, it was worth it. Amen. It was worth it. Amen. Hallelujah. It, it's, it's worth it. I'm here to encourage somebody who's in the process. Listen, the end of it makes it all worth it. It might not look that good right now and it might not be that comfortable right now, but I'm telling you that it's worth it. In the end, you'll see that it's worth it. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So here in Luke chapter one, verse 26, it says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from from David. His name was Joseph and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Here's this angel. And upon entering, Gabriel greeted her, says, good morning. You are beautiful, beautiful with God's beauty. 
beautiful inside and out. God be with you. In verse 29, it, it picks up, it says, she was thoroughly shaken. What that means, other translations say it like this. She was greatly troubled. She was disturbed and confused, wondering what was behind the greeting like that. You see that? So the angel comes in, says these great things to her, and her response, it says, the Bible says that she was shaken. She was troubled. She was confused. She was bewildered. She was disturbed, wondering what was behind the greeting like that. Notice this. Notice, see, in, in, in other places in the Bible, when someone came in contact with an angel, their first response is fear, not at what the angel is saying, but just in what they are seeing. Right? Notice that's not her response. It didn't say that she was shaken or disturbed or troubled because of what she saw, but she's shaken, she's disturbed, she's troubled because of what he said. And that's the first place that many of us have to overcome. The first step in this process is really receiving the fact that you've been approved. Most of us get stuck at approval. Most of us get stuck because, you know, we have this mindset that we have to do things to improve, approve ourselves. And, and we could understand it better. Maybe if I was in a better condition, maybe if you said these good things to me when I had my life together, then I could better receive that you see me like this. You can see me as beautiful. You can see me as favored after I got some things together. But here you are, you're telling me that I'm favored by God while I still got a mess going on and I'm having a little challenge with that. And then many times people hear God say that they've been approved and we still do things in order to make ourselves approved when you've already been approved. Yeah. <laughs> not really understand that you, you, you know, you're disqualified. He's saying that you're qualified. So now you get busy trying to do things to qualify yourself. And you've paused in the process. You're working on something that he's already worked on for you. Yeah. And it says that Mary heard what the angel says and she was troubled because of what she said. Who me? I mean, why me? Why me? Who me? How me? That's where we get stuck. Why me? Why me? Why me? Of all the people that you can use, of all the people that you can do this thing through, you choose me, why me? And the response to that is, why not you? Of all the people he could choose, why not you? Who, me? Who, me? And the answer to that is, no, it's not you. It's God in you. No, it ain't really got nothing to do with you. But the God that's in you is going to do a work through you. And then the next part we get stuck on is how me, how me. And the response to that is faith. That's how faith. You responding positively to what he's already said. That's how it's going to get done. So it's not by your own might. It's not by your own actions, not by your intellect. It's not because so it doesn't depend on whether you're smart enough. It doesn't depend on the family that you grow up in. It doesn't depend on your network of, or your circle of network or your friends or your none of that. How you? Faith. Responding positively to what he said. This is where the process begins, just at the point of being approved and receiving that we've been approved. I'm going to read to you what the angel said from some other translations. From the King James Version, it says this. It says, And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The Amplified says, and he came to her and said, Hail, O favored one, 
Endure with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favored of God are you before all other women. I could understand it a little bit if if you favor me after I got my life together, but you're favoring me while I'm still in my mess. And the struggle is in realizing that you've already been approved. Right. So that's where some people find themselves paused. They're paused in that place, still can't believing, still not believing that they've already been approved. I think of myself. Here I here I was. There I was 16 years old, not praying. I was only going to church because that's what my family did. And I had to. I wasn't reading my Bible. But here Jesus is saying that you're going to preach. And the first question I, I had was, who me? Who me? Who are you talking to? Me? Thinking about myself, thinking about why I don't qualify to do that. I don't qualify to preach. I ain't even reading my Bible. I'm not even praying. I'm not even going to church because I want to. I don't qualify to preach, but he's already qualified me is what I had to realize. You understand that? So for a time, there was a time where I was pausing the process because I was struggling with I'm already approved. There was actually a time that I had to get my mind wrapped around. He's already approved you. (laughs) Do you understand that? And that's where many people are. Many people, I mean, five years have gone by. You still trying to get the point that you've been approved already. You spent seven years of your post-salvation life still trying to do things to qualify yourself. When he, from the beginning, already qualified you. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. It makes me think about the prodigal son. You know the story, the prodigal son and his brother. You know, the prodigal son was in both of the brothers, the prodigal son and his brother were in, the, in a process, but they responded to the process differently. One of the sons delayed the process because he took the father's resources and he did what he wanted to do with them. And we'll talk about that later when you make things that God gives you your own. You know, sometimes in this process, God is giving you things. God is manifesting the promise. But when you make what he gave you, when you you make what he gave you your own, then you delay the process. Okay, we'll pick that up later. The other boy was too busy trying to prove that he was worthy. And that's where we are. That's at the point. That's where some of us are. That's at the point of approval. The other boy was trying to, he was in the house. He stayed in the house. But he's in the house to prove that he's worthy to receive everything that the father has. And that's the place that many people find themselves right at the beginning where they're struggling with this approval thing, not understanding that they've already been approved. And now you spend the next however many years of your life trying to do things to show that you are worthy. But God wasn't God didn't choose you for you to show that you're worthy. God chose you because he chose you and he was going to make you worthy through his working, through his actions on the inside of you, through you just being willing. See, this boy spent spent the rest of that time. He says, I grew up in my father's house. Here I am. My other brother left, but I'm going to stay. But he wasn't staying because he was loving the father. He wasn't staying because he understood his position. His choice to stay, his decision to stay was to prove that he was worthy. And it came to the point where he had the conversation with the father. And the father told him, he said, listen, I have already made everything that I have available to you. Why are you still working for what I've already made available to you? Paused in the process, but you've already been 
approved. Go ahead and shout that. I'm already approved. What's the activation for this process? I want you to look how Mary responded in, in verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. I'm going, to read it. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. Then Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to what you've said. And the angel left her. And that's her activation point. That's when things got started. Another translation, the King James Version says, be it unto me according to thy will. And that's the place that we have to find ourselves. Listen, and I, and I want to pull something out of that verse right here. Again, then Mary said, and the next word is what? Behold. But that word, the word that she said is really way more than behold. The Hebrew word, the word that Mary used, didn't just mean behold, which means, you know, behold is a word that we use to really, you know, say look or trying to grab somebody's attention. But what she said is way more than this. And what we need to say needs to be way more than just behold. The word that is actually used there is the word hine, hine, hine. And what that word means, it doesn't just mean behold. It doesn't just mean look at me, but it means behold, look at me, see me through. Here I am. The word hine is a word that not only does Mary used it, but Isaiah, the prophet, also used this same word in Isaiah chapter 6. Some of you are familiar. It talks about how the presence of God was in the temple. His presence filled the temple. God is looking for somebody. God is looking for a prophet. God is looking for a servant. And Isaiah shows up and says, Hine. He says, here I am. So his word, here I am, is not just here I am, look at me, but here I am, I'm willing to go. Here I am, I'm willing to be used. And the beautiful thing about this word is that throughout the Bible, not only do people use it, but God himself uses it. And there are times in our life when God himself shows up and says, here I am. Look at me. Your needs. You need something. Look at me. And this is what Mary was saying. Mary was responding to the angel. You need somebody. You need a body to use in order for the will of God to be done in this earth. You need a body in order for the son of God to come through the body in order to be in this earth. Look me over. Look me over. Here I am. Use me. Not only does it say look me over because I'm good enough to do it, but it says look me over, thoroughly examine me, see my good and my bad, see my pluses and my minuses, see me exactly for who I am, and still know that if you look me over after you've examined you, examined me, if you see that I'm good enough to use, then here I am to be used. And that's how we need to respond to the call of God. Look me over, examine me. Here's my pluses, here's my minuses, here's what I do good, here's what I don't do good, here's my flaws, here, here I am, examine me. If you see that I'm good enough to be used, I'm here to be used. Where I'm falling short, I know you'll make up the difference. What I don't have, you'll fill it up. I'm just telling you that I'm here to be used, use me. That's how Mary responded. 
I might not be the smartest, I, not, I might not be the sharpest knife in the set, but if you need somebody, I'm here for you to be, I'm here to, you can make up the difference. Amen. Wherever I'm lacking in order for me to do what you need done, I know you can make up the difference, so use me. Use me. Glory to God. And this is what initiates the process. She shows up willing to be used. Be it unto me. Be it done to me according to thy will. And at that, the angel left her and her journey begins. Now that you've accepted that you are approved, the next step in this process is that you have to be moved. It's just like buying a house, right? Now that after your approval, you approve, you know, you approve, you qualify. The next step in this process is to actually be moved. But see, this is where the struggle gets real. This, this is where the process is the most difficult at this point of actually moving. I've been approved. I've received that I've been approved, but now there's movement necessary. And this is where most people get stuck because this is the most challenging aspect of the process. See, this is the part of the process that involves change. This is the part of the process that involves discomfort. The discomfort from leaving a place of comfort, going into a place that we're unfamiliar with. This is, you know, unfamiliar territory, right? In this process of moving, you always lose things. In the process of moving, you always lose things. I'll tell you because I did it recently, right? We recently moved some things, and, and we recently moved, and in the process of moving, you lose things. And there's sometimes you lose things unintentionally, and there are times you lose things on purpose. There are some things you look at that fit in your old house, but you know it ain't going to go in your new house, you know? You understand what I'm saying? I got some good friends who, who recently moved, and they'll tell this story of how um, the husband he, for whatever reason, he has this sentimental connection to a collection of jackets and old clothes. I mean, he has clothes from when he was very, very young. That are still in good condition, and for whatever reason, he just wants to hold on to these things. But the only challenge is, is that the place they moved to, they limited on space. So they're trying to figure out where is this old stuff going to go. And, you know, they, well, husband and wife, they have that conversation that we need to lose some of this stuff. And that's part of the pain of moving, you know. Part of the pain of moving is deciding what's going to come. And in the process of going to, going towards the manifestation of what God promised us, when we get to moving, we have to go through this process of losing what doesn't belong in our future life. There are certain things that just don't fit. There are certain attitudes that don't fit in this new life. There are certain habits that don't fit. There are certain, you know, tendencies and inclinations and mindsets that just have to be left behind. And those are things that we have to lose on purpose. You understand? <laughs> there are some things you lose on purpose, just like getting rid of old furniture, going to a new house. There are some things that you lose in the process. You understand that? You know, so, so some of the things, you know, God has promised you wealth. But if you still hold this, this attitude that, that you secretly or maybe you even openly despise wealthy people, then that's not an attitude that you can take forward with you. That's something that you're going to have to, you're going to have to lose that. Do you understand? But the process of losing things can sometimes be 
the greatest challenge. And one of the things that we have to remind ourselves is, is this, is that God is always more concerned with people than he is in products. God is more invested in people than he is in the end result. You understand that? God is more concerned with your development and he has more invested in your development than he is in giving you what you want or even in giving you what he wants for you. You understand that? God is wise enough to know that if he were just to give you financial increase, if you're not developed and prepared for it, then it could hurt you. So God is more invested in you developing Right. And this is often the part that we don't want to engage in. This is the part of the process that we don't want to embrace. We don't want to embrace the development because oftentimes we see ourselves ready for things that we really aren't ready for. And the truth is, the truth is, and this is just a plain, simple truth. The Bible says that God is withholding no good or beneficial thing for us. So the truth of the matter is, and I'm just, you know, I just got to let you know this. But there are some things that if you don't have in your life, even if you think you're ready for it, the evidence that you're not is that it ain't there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. amen. If you were ready for it, it would be there. Yeah. God's not holding it back from you. So the evidence that some things haven't manifested is because I ain't just, I, the truth is, I'm not ready. But if I embrace the process, then I can get ready. The process helps me develop to the place that I can receive what God has promised me. Because there are countless ways that God could have brought Jesus into the earth. There are countless ways that God could have brought Jesus into the earth. But he said to Mary, I'm going to bring him through you. And he also said that, I'm, that he needs to be born in Bethlehem. Right? And there are ways that God has spoken that things that he's promised you are going to manifest in your life. And there are certain seasons that he's designated for these things to manifest in your life. And it's going to happen according to the way that God said it's going to happen. And understand that the manifestation of this promise, the promised king, it was according to the word of God. It was according to God's word. It's an interesting thing that the rest of what happened to Mary was according to God's word. Think about it. Think about it. Now, here we are. We read in Luke chapter one that here she is. She's introduced with this idea. The angel comes to her, says that she's blessed. You're going to have this promised son. The king is going to be born through you. We see that happen there. But we know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is very difficult. The rest of the story, I mean, not only, I mean, it's difficult enough that now, okay, you're going to get pregnant, but then, and, and just the, the natural anatomy and biology of things is difficult enough. I can't speak for that, but y'all ladies know, you know, now she got to go through nine, at least nine months or something in order for this to happen. But added on to that, just nine months of the natural course of, course of childbirth, not only does she have to do that, but she has to leave her where she is in order, she has to leave Nazareth in order to go to Bethlehem. Right. And we know that that process wasn't comfortable at all. Because she didn't get in the plane. She didn't even get in a luxury car to travel. She didn't even get on a horse and buggy or carriage in order to get there. But she got there the second most uncomfortable way to get there. 
Walking would be the first. I mean, if she had to walk the whole way, that, was, that would have been something. The second is that she had to ride on a donkey. Not a fast-paced animal, but a slow-paced animal. Do you understand that? So this process wasn't, wasn't comfortable, but it had to happen according to the word of God. Everything else had to happen according to the word of God. And this is a place that we miss it in our own lives because we get our eyes on what God has promised, but we forget that it has to happen according to his word. And so I read the story of Mary and I wonder if she found comfort by going and reading what the prophecy said. There are parts of this process that will be more comfortable if I just understood why I had to do it this way. I can receive it better that this baby has to be born in Bethlehem if I went back to the scripture and see where it was prophesied that that's where he's supposed to be. And there are certain things that are happening in your life where you could understand it better if you just went back into the word and saw that this is the way that it has to happen. I can be more comfortable going through the process of of learning how to be a wealthy person if I understood that God's not going to give me anything that's going to disconnect me from him. I could be more understanding about this process if I understood that I'm supposed to be living by faith in the first place. See, when I look at the process and I connect it to what is already written in his word, then I better understand the steps that I have to go through in order to get to manifestation. But if I only receive what he said without looking, what he, looking at what he wrote, then I can get confused as to why I have to go through this in order to get what you said to me. Yeah. Why don't you just give it to me? Amen, amen. So I wonder if Mary went back and found herself in the word. In many ways, you're trying to settle for comfort and convenience when he's trying to move you through his word. You're trying to depend on things that you've depended on in the past when he's moved you to a place where you've got to depend on his word. I'm going to back up and say that one again. See, and many times we find ourselves trying to depend on the same things that we've depended on in the past, not understanding that he's trying to get you to a place where you depend on his word. So many times on our way to financial security, you know, we rely on, okay, I don't have enough, so let me go borrow it. And we get in this cycle of, I don't have enough, so let me go borrow it. And I don't have enough, so let me go borrow it. Not understanding that you're never going to get to more than enough in that cycle because God has you at a place where he wants you to depend on his word. So the next time you get to, I don't have enough, but let me just stay right here and see what God's going to do about it. That's where he wanted you in the first place. You're trying to use your old mind and he's moved you to a place where you need a new mind. You need the mind of Christ. You're trying to provide for yourself and he's moved you to a place where you have to provide. You have to live from his provision. We have to get to the point where we find ourselves in the word. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Engage in the process. Embrace the process because it's worth it. God is trying to develop you for your promise. God is trying to develop you for your promise. God is developing you for the promise. God is forging you 
for the promise. There are um, several times throughout the Bible where God uses the analogy of taking metal and putting it in fire. Why is he giving us that analogy? Because this is the process of life. It's like taking the precious metal, putting it in the fire to burn away all the stuff that's not valuable. And at the end of the process, what do you get? You get something that is valuable. But if the metal keeps hopping out of the fire, (laughs) then you'll never get to the finished product. God is trying to develop you for your promise. If God just gave you what you wanted without your development, then you would make it your own. You would use it in your own way. You would use it for your own good. If God just manifested things in your life absent of having a relationship with him, then you'd end up using what he gave you for your own purpose. After Jesus was born, the family traveled back to Nazareth, and Jesus got separated from the group. You remember that story? They went to Bethlehem. They had to go there. They're traveling um, back to their hometown, and Jesus gets separated from the group. And, um, and, you know, Mary's initial response was the response of a typical mom. She found Jesus in the temple talking to the, the, um, the learned people. The Bible uses the term doctors and the lawyers of that time. And she responded like the typical mom will respond. She says, why did you do us like this? Why did you do this to me? You my child. Why did you do this to me? And Jesus' response reminds her of his purpose. He says, don't you know that I got to be about my father's business? And oftentimes, as God is manifesting things in our lives, we go through that same process where the very thing that we wanted, the very thing that he gives us reminds us of the purpose that it came in the first place. The reason that it ain't working the way that you think it should work because it ain't for you in the first place. Whenever you find yourself in that place where you're using something that God gave you, but it ain't working the way that it's supposed to, it's a reminder that he didn't give it to you for your own reason anyway. We have to reconnect the purpose of the manifestation to the thing that God wanted me to use it for. And this is a place where Mary was. Mary, here you go. Here you go. Here is Jesus. Here's the child. The child is born. Here's the child. He's walked away from you. Mary's initial response is a typical mom. That's my baby. And she gets to Jesus, and Jesus says, no, I got to be about my father's business. And the next thing says that Mary considered those things. She kept what he said in her heart as a reminder, oh, yeah, this boy got a purpose. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not to take possession of him as if he is mine. It is not my responsibility to watch over him. It's not my responsibility to protect. God's got him. He's got to be about his father's business. And she's reminded that she's still in the process of manifesting the promise. Because understand, the promise was not that she have a baby. The promise was not that she have a baby. She had other babies after Jesus. The promise was that the baby she had would be a king. So even at this place, the promise hasn't manifested yet. She's still in the process to the promise. We struggle when the thing that God has given us reminds us of why it came in the first place. Mary had to change the way that she thought. Mary had to, when it came to Jesus, Mary had to change the way that she thought about motherhood. 
Mary had to change the way that, that she engaged in this relationship. Mary had to develop. Mary had to engage in the process on her way to the promise. Because receiving the promise, receiving the promise, even receiving the promise isn't the end. Once you've received it, then you have to walk in it. Once you've received the promise, that's not the end. We won't receive the promise and then go to heaven. You know, receiving the promise is an end. Receiving the promise is actually a new beginning in itself. Receiving the manifestation of the things that God has promised you isn't the end. It's a new beginning. If you've been believing for health, receiving health isn't the end. Now you've got to live healthy. If you've been believing God for wealth, receiving wealth isn't the end. Now you have to learn how to live wealthy. You understand that? Receiving the promise isn't the end. Receiving the promise is a new beginning. And again, I use this analogy. It's just like moving into a new house. Those of you that have moved before know that moving in isn't the end. You've moved in. Now you got to settle in. And settling, settling in is a challenge of its own. Because in settling in, after I've received what God has promised me, in settling in, now I got to get new routines, new habits. I used to have my spot, and I had that couch nice and broken. <laughs> but now the couch is in a new spot, and this is a new couch. So now I got to go through the process of breaking it in all over again. Sometimes receiving the promise there's a challenge of its own, has challenges of its own because it's a new beginning, but it's worth it. Settling in involves new routines and new habits. Receiving the promise is always a new beginning. If you've been praying for a relationship, once the relationship comes, it's not the end, it's a new beginning. Receiving the promise is not the end, it's a new beginning. That's why a part of the process is what I call settling in. And there's a challenge. There are challenges even in settling into the promise, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth going through the challenges. It's worth going through the difficulties. It's worth going through the difficulties of changing your mind and changing your habits. And, and there are some uncomfortable situations in this new thing, but it's worth going through it because the promise makes it worth it. You know, going back to my salvation experience, you know, I had to challenge through being approved. And once I once I received that I am approved and I began to move and begin to change things in my life, there was a challenge in changing things in my life. There was a challenge in changing where I had to get rid of some old friends and make new friends. I had to get rid of old habits and, and make new habits. There's a challenge in that process. But even after receiving what God promised, he told me that I was going to preach. So even after being in a place where I am, I'm actually doing what he's promised, there's still new routines, there's still new habits, there's still new thinkings. It's not the end, it's a new beginning. Now I have to live in the promise. Yeah. <laughs> Walking in the promise, receiving the promise, living with the promise, makes looking back at the process well worth it. Well worth it. And I just want to declare to you 
the manifestation is coming. I understand? I'll say it again. Manifestation is coming. Manifestation is coming. The only thing that you can do is delay the promise. That's it. There's nothing that you can do in your born-again life to cancel what he's promised. You can only delay it. You're either going to receive it here on this earth, or you're going to transition from this earth and receive it in heaven. You're either going to be prosperous and live a prosperous life on this earth, or you're going to get to heaven and live a prosperous life where the streets are made of gold. You, the, the promise is not denied, it's only delayed. But what I want to get us to, I want to get us to a place where ne- we're not waiting to heaven in order to enjoy the things that Jesus finished right. for us. Amen. But there's some things that I need to enjoy right here on this earth. Amen. And no longer, and I don't want to take 10, 15, I don't want to be like Israelite children. I don't want to wander around for 40 years before I get what God said to me. I want to go ahead and go through the process, engage the process, embrace the process so I can receive what he wants from me in good time and time enough to enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Manifestation is coming. Know that there's a new you in the process. (laughs) There's a new you in the process. Glory to God. And this is what I want to do. Here we are at the place of decision. So I want you to do some introspection. Think about yourself. Reflect on where you are, where you are in life, where you are in this process. Everybody stand on your feet. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you. If you would like to help us further expand the vision, simply text the word GIVERTM to the number 41444 or visit us online at www.revealingtruth.org. Now remember, Jesus loves you.